0: Hey, good morning, Anthem. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Great to have you here with us today. It's great to have so many of you uh, on Facebook Live that I can actually see you here and everything. And uh, good to see you, Freddie and Amber and Joe Pop and Jenny and Brittany and Melissa and just so many of you that I've just got a chance because I wasn't playing an instrument this week or anything like that just to chat with you. Uh, online as we all get into church this morning. So great to have you if you're here for the first time. I see there's already a few people that are joining us uh, at the beginning of our service this morning, and it, you've, you're already saying, hey, this is my first time here. So thanks for coming and joining us at Anthem this morning. We really appreciate you joining with us today and hope this, this service is an encouragement to you. My name's Colin. I'm one of the leaders at Anthem. And i just love uh, to let you know, if you're, if you're here for the first time, you're visiting us online, we'd love for you to just um, go to anthemchurch.life. And on the, page, the front page there, there is a button that says connect with us. And it's a great opportunity for you just to uh, just let us know that you're there. We want to we know you're there. I'd love to give you a call and say hi or, or uh, you know, drop you an email, just to let you know that we're thinking of you and praying for you during this time. Um, we have a couple of things we want to just share with you. One is that this week we're starting a men's prayer group, and that's happening on Thursday mornings at 7 o'clock. And I want to encourage any of you guys to join us at 7 a.m. Thursday mornings. Uh, there's a verse in First Timothy that's where, where, where Paul says to Timothy, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer. And you, almost, you, know, you can't translate that into anything else other than he's asking men to pray. And so we want to respond to that. And uh, we've been doing some different prayer gatherings through the week, but we want to continue with this men's prayer group on Thursday mornings. So if you've just got half an hour on Thursday mornings, and you want to connect with guys at Anthem, I'd encourage you to do that. And then uh, I want to just remind uh, those of you who are, are giving that we're so grateful for your gifts, uh, your financial support at Anthem. Believe that when we give, it, it honors God. And uh, the money may go to a church, but the faith and the obedience goes to our great God. So thank you to those of you who are being faithful and obedient, even during this difficult time, uh, continuing in your faithfulness. And if you haven't uh, signed up to give online yet, I want to encourage you to do that. We are completely sustained by people's giving. And as you can imagine, our expenses have changed, but they haven't gone away. And uh, so we're completely dependent on people's faithfulness to God through their giving. So go to anthemchurch.life, sorry, anthemchurch.life slash give, and you uh, you can give in a variety of different ways. Uh, there. So this is the normal time in our service, kind of when we would actually stand up. You know, back in, in, in the old days when we used to meet each other in real life, we used to have this thing where we'd stand up and shake hands with one another and say hi. So uh, that's a little tricky, but you could do it online this morning uh, on Facebook if you're there. Or you can uh, just watch other people saying hi to Anthem this morning. And so go ahead and watch these.
1: Good, Good morning. morning. Hey, good morning, Anthem. What's up, Anthem? Good morning, Anthem. Hi, Anthem. It's Tori. Hi. 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 <laughs> hey, Church family. Hi, Church. This is Priscilla.
0: Good morning, Anthem. Good
1: morning, Anthem.
0: Good morning, Anthem.
1: Good morning from the Judies. <laughs>
0: There is going to be uh, plenty of that over these next few weeks. Thanks to those of you who sent in your good morning anthem messages. Seems like we had a bit of a, uh, bit of a trampoline theme there this morning. And so uh, that, these hellos are getting more, more and more creative as time's going on. And that's awesome. We wanted to start our new series looking at life at home. And because all of us have all of a sudden become trapped in our homes, we wanted to uh, think over these next few weeks about the things that are impacted because our home life is great or not so great. And um, for, for a few of you, maybe not much has changed. But for most of us, uh, we're, we're dying to get out of our homes. And we're feeling, you know, confined and contained. It used to be a place that we long for. You know, you come back after a long trip and you're like, oh, I just want to get home. And maybe that's not the, the same way anymore. I think of that that Michael Buble song, you know, when he's talking about flying around the world. And, you know, he's, he doesn't know if he's in Paris or Rome. He's singing to thousands of people. And then he's like, baby, I'm done. I've had my fun. I just want to get home. And you couldn't write that song now. Like, nobody wants to go home right now. Nobody wants to, uh, to be, like, dying to be at home because it's the one thing that we're having a little bit too much of. Um, and I want to just hats off to... People who are single parents uh, at home right now because for all the, the work that needs to be done in being at home for long periods of time, if you're a single parent and all of a sudden you've kind of inadvertently become a, a homeschool parent or you're, uh, maybe you're a single parent with toddlers and they're, they're driving you nuts like for like two-thirds more time than they normally do because you can't get out of the house, um, just want to say we're thinking of you, we're cheering you on, and we're praying for single parents this morning because you've got a, a massive task and we're, we're right behind you. We want to support you. I, want to, um, I, I started studying uh, what the Bible talks about when it talks about home life. And um, I I found this verse in Isaiah 32, verse 15, and it's beautiful. And it's Isaiah 32, verse 18, and it says, My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Doesn't that sound like your home right now? I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that that's how all our homes are like at the moment. In fact, we're probably thinking that my home is not an undisturbed place of rest. It's not a peaceful dwelling place. In fact, far from it. And as we read these sort of passages of Scripture, um, you, could be, you could almost start to feel guilty, like, well, my home isn't that. This, this kind of kingdom promise of what home could look like, um, and I'm not there yet. Well, fortunately for us, the Bible isn't a catalog of of, of families succeeding at life at every turn. In uh, In fact, right from the very beginning, there's just the mess of family life and home life, which just seems to overtake the families that are described in the Bible from start to finish. But there is the challenge and there is the call for us as followers of Christ, if you're following Jesus, to pray this prayer. God, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we're we're called to pray that prayer we're called to the, the, the the kingdom of god will come down into our lives in the same way that god's kingdom is is complete and total in heaven and so that's the challenge for us and that i believe starts in our homes you know getting your getting your house in order during this time is really important isn't it it's important that we uh we spend some time looking around us uh, at our environment and thinking, what you know, what's going south here? What's getting, what's going bad? Where am I succeeding? Where am I thriving? Uh, it's a good time to take a look at myself and say, where, where am I at? Where am I at during this time? You know, you've been on a, on a plane, and of course they, they say this every time you, you get on a plane, that if the mask comes down, and we, we wear a lot of masks at the moment, but if the mask comes down because of a lack of oxygen, that it is vital to uh, put your own mask on first before you start fiddling around with everybody else's. And that could be our tendency, can't it, was to take care of people in our home. For those of you that have families, to start focusing on those around us and not taking care of ourselves and not realizing that we have needs as well. And it's as we get enough oxygen, it's as we get enough of our own needs met, we can start to kind of get our head above water to see what God's calling us to do for those around us. You know, Last year, uh, Liz and I uh, built a house, and uh, we actually sold it shortly after, which is kind of another complicated story. But we we built a house, and uh, every now and then during the construction phase, we would go up and visit the house, And we had a great builder and a good architect, and so we were confident that things were going to go right. But in that construction phase, you have to be totally confident that you've got a great architect and builder. Otherwise, you would bail. Because when you walk in to the construction site, you just think to yourself, there is no way that this is going to eventually be like like that house there, like the one that's finished, it just feels like it's a complete mess. And there's dust and dirt and construction vehicles and garbage everywhere. And it's so easy to think, wait a minute, like, you know, this isn't going where I I think it's going, unless you trust the architect's drawings, unless you trust the person that's designed the house and knows where things are going. Let me ask you this. Do you believe today that God is doing a work in your life? Even amidst the mess of the construction, do you believe that God's got a plan and that he's going to complete the work that he's doing? Now, we know we're definitely not done and we're definitely not complete right now. And this current storm that we're in, uh, it is testing us on different levels. It's testing our foundations at the greatest degree. And we're in very... Unique times at the moment. Somebody just said this week that I was uh, listening to that we've never heard the word unprecedented used so much because there's only, it's, the, it's, the, it's the word that we use so often to describe the, the, the season that we're in. I read that like giving yourse- uh, how to give yourself a haircut is one of the most searched things on Google right now. Who would have expected that? But God's doing a work in us. God's doing a work and he promises to complete it. In Philippians 1, six. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, and he says this, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That makes me want to like just take a deep breath and just thank God. God's doing a work in us, and he's promised he's going to complete this construction in my life, and he's going to bring it to completion to the day of Jesus Christ. Like, how good does that sound? That sounds great to me. That sounds like incredible news. And I want to, I want to bring incredible news today that God, uh, whatever, whatever point of construction you feel like you're in in your life, whatever phase from the, from the beginning of the drawings to the planning uh, to, to the first shovel going in the ground and starting to dig, what phase are you in in the construction of your life? But know along the way, God's doing a work. And he's going to complete it. He promises to complete it. I want to look back this morning at the first home that's described in the, in the Old Testament. Before I do so, I'm going to go off set right here for one minute. And then I'm going to come back in about 10 seconds. And I'm going to tell you why I did it. All right well i could uh, I could leave you guessing, I could leave you hanging. You could put in your comments what you think I did just then um, i didn 't have time to go to the bathroom or blow my nose or anything like that, but we are in my garage as you could probably see, and we have a propane gas heater, and the propane every now and then like the the pilot like gets blown out or something like that. <laughs> so- So we just lost our propane heater, which means that we're probably getting uh, well gassed up in here. And I want to get to the end of this message alive and let God carry on doing his work in me. So I thought I'd turn that whole thing off. But the very first home, if you will, in the Old Testament is the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that God placed Adam and Eve in the garden. He put them, he provided that, that home for them. And he gave it to them. And at some point in their their situation there, they separated themselves from God because they sinned. They they ate of the forbidden fruit that they weren't supposed to eat of. I'm I'm kind of holding it as if it were an apple, but we all know it was probably a banana, right? Because bananas are, are, are evil and Satan's fruit itself, that's just personal. That isn't in the Bible. I just don't like bananas. But they're eating this fruit. They separate themselves from God. And then... What continues is in in Genesis 3, verse 8, and it says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Let me tell you a couple of things that I I get from this passage of scripture. First off is that God knows your address. God knows where you are. And I honestly believe that God is knocking on the doors of our homes today. And he's looking for that invitation to come in. God provided the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. He placed them in it. This was their home. And he knows where you live too. Where the home for you is a, maybe it's a 10 foot by 10 foot room that you rent from somebody else. Uh, or maybe you live in someone's basement or maybe if you're a, a high schooler and you, you view your kind of home or your place of safety just as your bedroom, maybe just a 10 foot by 10 foot bedroom or, or even smaller than that in some cases. Or maybe you have a condo or your own home or you have a, a family or, or it's a married couple or whatever your home situation is like, single person, single moms, retired person in a retirement community, God knows where to find you, and God is knocking and asking for an invitation into your home. You know, uh, at the beginning today, uh, I wanted to connect with people on Facebook Live. I'm, I'm sort of watching this as well, but I wanted to connect with people on Facebook Live because I wanted to say hi to somebody. I wanted to speak specifically to those of you who I know are watching today. And as well as God knowing our address, he also knows your name. And God called out to Adam. He says, Adam, where are you? He, he calls us out specifically because he wants a relationship with us. And uh, I'm, I'm not God calling out to you. I think we're clear that that's, that's true. But I did want to connect specifically with people uh, on Facebook and, and and welcome you by name because I know what it means to, to be acknowledged. I know how valuable it is to know that somebody knows that I'm there. Just... Um, Uh, A few weeks back, I was in New Hampshire and had a meeting in Dover, New Hampshire, and I had about two, two and a half hours to kill. And so I I thought, well, I'll I'll get my laptop out, do some work. I I went on Yelp and found a coffee shop, a coffee shop called Flight Coffee, which is an amazing coffee shop. If you're ever up in Dover, New Hampshire, it's a great coffee shop. And so I went there, ordered my drink. They took my credit card and uh, you know paid for the drink. Went and sat down at my table. Was there for two and a half hours till they closed. And when they closed, they said, "Well, you know, you kind of got gotta get out of here." And uh, I went to leave, and the person who'd served me two and a half hours beforehand said, "Thanks for coming, goodbye, Colin." I was like blown away that like two and a half hours later, somebody who had never, I had never given them my name. They must have just seen it on my on my credit card or something like that when I, when I paid for the coffee. Somebody who, who, who I thought would have forgotten who I was remembered my name. You've got to know it. Like Before I even got back to the car, I was back on Yelp giving them five-star reviews because that kind of service is pretty rare, isn't it? But I love it when somebody remembers my name. And I want you to know that God knows your name and calls you out and calls you into a relationship with him by name. Adam heard God calling his name, calling him out in the garden. It says, they heard God in the garden and, and God came to visit them and they hid. God wanted to, to a relationship with, with Adam, even despite what had happened. And he says, Adam, where are you? And do you think God didn't know where Adam was? Do you think God was, was like lost or something? I'm guessing probably not. But God wanted to open up an opportunity For Adam to be honest about where he was. For Adam to take stock of his situation and say, let's just get real about where I am in this situation, in my home right now. And, you know, in every other religion, it's about man seeking God and man trying to find their way to God, trying to find a pathway to the almighty, to the divine. But Christianity is completely different. God's the one who's coming, and he's seeking out Adam. Jesus said, uh, when he walked on the earth, he said, I'm here to seek and to save the lost. I'm out seeking people who will, who will allow themselves to be found. He said another time, he said, he was talking to the, the, the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. He said, this is the kind of worshippers that the Father is seeking. And in every other religion of the world, it's about people seeking their way to get to God. But God today is seeking a relationship with us. And he came into the Garden of Eden and he says, Adam, where are you? Not because he doesn't know where Adam is or he's lost him or something. God wasn't careless, but he, he wanted to ha- open the door for Adam to have an honest relationship with him. And Adam, um, and Adam responds to this because God invites our, re- our repentance. God invites us to confess and just to be real and to and to be honest about where we're at. This question, where are you? It brings the opportunity for Adam or for us to, uh, to be honest. To be honest about whether home life right now is pretty bad. Things are pretty tough. And in those situations, we tend to hide, don't we? In Genesis 3.10, that was the beginning of, of the restoration of God's, God and Adam's relationship together because Adam is honest about where he's at. And he's, you know, Adam's there hiding behind a bush or something to hide his nakedness, but he suddenly realizes how this is going to go down. And he says, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I just did what anybody else would do. I hid from the, pers- from the one person who could actually help me. He hid from God. And Adam's speaking the truth to God. And confession is just speaking the truth about who we are and about who God is. Let me call you out today, call you today and invite you to confess where you're at, to confess. If something about home life needs to change, be honest with that. Call God into the conversation. Invite God by His Holy Spirit into your home life. You know, we don't have to, um, we have to stage our home life. We don't have to stage our houses to impress God. Uh, he can see everything that's going on. When we when we sold that house, uh, our realtor uh, brought in a stager to get all of our kind of furniture out of there, because that isn't going to make anyone want to buy a house, and to put all of her perfect matching furniture in the house. And they did a fantastic job. Thanks, Syl, if you're watching. Thanks for all the work done on that. But... Um, The stage, it made everything look amazing. It made everybody come in that house. And so you would look at that house, and it doesn't matter whether you like the house or not. You're just going to buy it because it looks glorious, you know, because everything's in a perfect place. It's in such a way that nobody actually lives. But we don't need to stage our lives to impress God. We just need to be honest and confess, God, here is where I'm at. I think God's inviting us all, all of us today, to be real about who we are, when our front door closes and we're on our own in our homes or with those who perhaps look past uh, our, our problems the most, we can be honest about who we are in our homes. Is there a, is there a, are there habits that we need, to, we need to address because they're spiraling us into, into bad situations? Is there, is there a lack of health? Is there a lack of spiritual health? Is this uh, situation, this pandemic that we're in robbing, of, robbing us of our normal routine and making it hard for us to function? And the good thing is, is that God never comes in and brings condemnation. He brings a way back to a relationship with him. And I love the, the, the end of the passage in Genesis 3. As you read on, it says that God made clothes of animal skins to clothe Adam and Eve in their nakedness. You know, they'd had this pathetic attempt to use, you know, fig leaves and, and, and they'd hidden behind bushes to cover their nakedness. God comes and he makes clothes out of animal skins, presumably putting to death a living animal so that uh, their sin could be covered. You see the, the comparison there? It's the first time you see in Scripture the the sacrifice being made of an animal so that our sin could be covered. Thousands of years later, or whatever period of time that is later, uh, Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, he is a sacrifice so that our sins can be covered forever. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to revolutionize your home and my home. He wants to make it a peaceful dwelling place he wants to take us from that place of 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 of, of trouble and torment and he wants to make it a place a peaceful dwelling place and make it a place from which we are able to fulfill the mission of god and i think too more time than any 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 of us before any time before we're realizing how can i fulfill god's call on my life to fulfill his mission in the world from the confinement of my home and I like to uh, highlight when I, when I see somebody doing that. And um, I had a conversation earlier in the week with somebody who I think is doing just that with, with limited resources, but is committed to fulfilling the mission of God from their, pers- from their home. So let's watch this. Okay, I'm here chatting to my good friend, Patty, this afternoon. It's good to see you, Patty. How are you doing? You're good, and yourself? Yeah, excellent, thanks. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you live.
1: I live in a small community in Kingsborough. i um, been here about seven years.
0: How many people live in the apartment complex where you uh,
1: It is me. And the complex is um, 24 units, about 48 people. And mm-hmm. I live here with my service dog, Bella.
0: Excellent. You, just, you said you don't go out much. Right. Um, uh, tell us how you ended up getting connected with the Anthem community. I think you said you'd been... You'd been coming to Anthem for four or five weeks before things shut Correct.
1: down. Correct. I was I was referred to Anthem by um, good friends who lived in the community here with me, Gina and Ellis. Um, Excellent. They, we
0: love Ellis and Gina. They've been around at Anthem for a year or two now.
1: Mm-hmm. They caught me when I was at my rock bottom, um, reached out, and for whatever reason, I took their hand. I've been going to the Bedford location for four weeks, um, and now two weeks of this online version.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, it's been great having you involved in so many of the different groups and things like that through the week. Uh, tell me, how's life changed for you since, since COVID-19 started?
1: Um, for me, it hasn't changed all that much. I suffer from agoraphobia, so I don't leave my home all that much. Um, I stay in with me and Bella. Yeah. So- hasn't changed much for me
0: right and then um i think you told me that you started to be much more intentional about reaching out and connecting with your neighbors
1: correct i um i go out each morning um and check on all the neighbors i know their cars so i know who's here and who's not um so i check on the neighbors that remain in their units make sure they don't need anything um that i could give to them um some just need to talk some need more than that yeah Um, I have notes on the building. If anyone needs anything, they can come see me as well. And I began making masks.
0: Yeah. so I wanted to have you tell us a bit about the masks because that's a new thing for you, right?
1: Correct.
0: Yeah. So what what happened there? Tell us that story.
1: I live in um, the community I live in is a very young community. Um, So the kids really are having a hard time with this COVID-19. And I'm a quilter, so I have all the gids and gatches there is to make these. I got a patent off online, and I just one morning woke up after talking with Gina and being with Anthem, just started making them, and I I was just compelled to make them.
0: I think you said you get up at nine, you know, you get going at nine, and you're still going at nine every, every night, is that right?
1: Nine in the morning to nine at night, I do about a dozen and a half a day. Um, wow.
0: Yeah. Excellent. What's, um, you mentioned you felt, you felt compelled, like, what's, tell us about that.
1: Up until the time I entered Anthem, I never knew why I did anything. Um, but I woke up one morning and just felt like I had to do something. I, I wanted to do something and didn't know why. And it just felt good. It felt really (laughs) good to do it. Um, and I have Anthem behind me. I have, Senior and Alice who are very supportive, and it just feels really good to do something not for a purpose.
0: Yeah, you you mean for a for a re, for a reason during a time like this? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're so glad that you're uh, uh, you're contributing to the needs of your neighbours. You're reaching out. You're being a great example of it, what what it means to be a follower of Christ from your own home. Um, you had a verse of the Bible that's been standing out to you as well recently, didn't you? That you were going to read.
1: Correct. Um, it's psalms 92-4 for you make me glad by your deed lord i sing for joy at what your hands have done
0: i love it well we're going to put that verse up at the bottom because it it seems really clear to me um patty that god's using you and working through you during this time even um, from the simple task of just grabbing your sewing machine every day and starting to serve God in that way. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you Sunday. Thank
1: you. You as well.
0: I love that verse that Patty read. I'm going to read that again. It says Psalm 92:4. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. And we're celebrating when God works by his hands through us to bless the world. And I love the way that Patty's committed to just blessing her neighborhood. And this is a time when all of us could probably learn a little bit about how to do that. I think it's important that we um, know what it is to hand our lives over to the Holy Spirit and to surrender our lives to God's work in us through the Holy Spirit because that can change everything. And remember, I said he he wants to come in. He said in Revelation 3.20, he says, I stand at the door and I'm knocking anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. God's looking to come into our lives today and to deepen his relationship with us. I wonder if during this time we could uh, see what God could do in us as well as through us, but in us first because we're in this crisis. Um, I heard a, a great leader a number of years ago, challenging a group of other business leaders. And he says, never waste a crisis. And it's kind of an odd thing that you've got to get your head around. Never, never just waste a, a huge situation that you're in just as being a bad thing because there's always good that you can learn from it. And I don't think he knew what was, what was about to hit the globe like we're experiencing now. But there is a way through which God could be doing, we could allow the Holy Spirit to work in us in a way that we wouldn't have done on another occasion. We mustn't waste this time. You know, uh, it's the difference between using the wrong tool and the right tool for a job when we invite the Holy Spirit to come in. Uh, let, let me illustrate it this way. A number of years ago, when the kids were little, I went to Costco, and I don't know if you ever go to Costco. I try to avoid it as much as possible now. But uh, back in the day, we used to go to Costco a little bit, and you'd go for some paper towels, and you'd kind of come out with a big TV or something, and and. They know what they're doing, right? And this is on one of those occasions where we, we went in for some beans and we came out with like a, a big, massive play set for the backyard. And we got this play set because our kids were little and we just, like, oh, they have to have this play set. And so we, we, we buy this play set, come home, and it said on the play set instructions, it said it takes uh, two people uh, five hours each to, to put this thing t- together. So like 10 hours of work to put this play set together, I thought. I'll get it done in six, no problem. Like, like one day, one day's work in the beautiful sun was awesome. I laid all the stuff out, and uh, I just started, like, you know, screwing these uh, these bolts in, uh, uh, like, turning these bolts to put this thing together. I had uh, I had a, a, a wrench like this one. Start, see, you knew that had would come in handy, right? This uh, this tool thing. So I started putting these bolts together and like bolting up this playset. Three days later, I'm still putting this play set together with my, like, stupid wrench. When my neighbor comes over, and my neighbor's a really nice guy, and he doesn't want to interfere too much. He's kind of like Wilson in Home Improvement, you know. He's just standing uh, over the fence, just kind of, like, checking things out now and then. And he says to me, he says, you know, you could, um, you could probably go to uh, Ace Hardware, and I bet you for a couple of dollars you could get a bit for your, your power drill. Uh, and I had a power drill, but I was kind of a – kind of a late bloomer when it comes to, you know, uh, home DIY stuff. I didn't really know much stuff, and um, I was in my early 30s and didn't really know much about power tools or how to use them. And so I went to Ace Hardware, and I, I got this for $2 and, um, you know, put this in my, power, in, my, in my drill, and then this replaced this. And, of course, got the job done in absolutely no time at all. And, you know, whereas before I'd been cursing Costco um, beforehand because their instructions were wrong, then I was realizing how it should be done. And the best part about it was in no time at all that the playset was being used for what it was supposed to be used for and, uh, and the kids could enjoy it and they could just love the experience of being, being on the playset. It's like that when we invite the Holy Spirit to come into our homes. Because we're, we're finally, we're allowing him to do the job with his power and his strength and his might. We need to hand this home improvement project of our lives in this season over to the Holy Spirit and ask him to come in. I don't know about you, but I want God to lead in this situation right now in my life. And as we, as we look through different areas of our home life over these next few weeks, I want, to, I want us to talk about marriage. I want us to talk about singleness, parenting. I want us to talk about conflict, anxiety, uh, what it is to be a mom, what it is to be a dad during this time. And my prayer is, is that as we look at the, the situation, that, the unique situation we're in right now, we will look at it through the lens of God wanting to fulfill his work and perform his ways and forge his character in our lives over this next period of time. Let's pray together. God, today, for as much as it depends on us, whether we consider ourselves the head of household or or somebody who lives in someone else's home, Lord, I pray as much as it depends on us, we will give our lives and our homes, our home situation over to you for you to be the leader, for you to be the director, for you to be the architect that is designing this great construction. And we We give our homes and our home life over to you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray.